Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Welcome, everyone, to episode 25 of Dial the Gates. We've made it to one of my favorite numbers. I'm David Reed. Hope you're having a great weekend. I have a friend of mine in the wings here, someone I consider to be very special, uh, Mr. Jay Akavone. He's going to be joining us in just a moment here. We're going to be talking about some of his personal heroes, um, uh, how he got started in this industry, and um, and. A little bit about, um, share a couple of Stargate stories, uh, definitely. So that's uh, what the plan is right now for today. We're going to be bringing him in in just a minute. Um, And then afterwards, I've got some uh, Kowalski Stargate art to show you. And uh, then I will be revealing who is going to be uh, coming in next week as well as for the rest of the day. But before we get started here, if you like Stargate and want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button. It really makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm and will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops. And you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on watching live. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days and weeks on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. Without further ado, the man of the hour, Mr. He's taking a drink. Jay Akavone. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How's it going? David, nice to be with you again. My friend, it is, it is good to be with you. You and I uh, bumped into each other in Anaheim, I think, in 2010. And, uh, you know, I was telling you about my, I was working at uh, PropWorks at the time, selling off the Stargate uh, uh, assets. And I said, you know what? I would love to interview you. And you were like, you know what? Here's my cell phone number. And I had never, you know, that had never happened to me before with, with an actor. And you have been so good over the past several years. Every time I call you, you want to do something? All right, let's do it. That's fine. All I, right. I stand out in the street with my – anybody want my cell phone number? Because nobody calls me. <laughs> <laughs> How is it, looking back on this journey that started in 97 – that you are still um, being called upon, <laughs> at least by me, to participate in this fantastical world that Brad and Rob and Jonathan created that, yeah. I mean, is still being reborn, like I just said, coming on Netflix uh, to this day. Well, here's the thing. And, and, you know, I can only speak for myself that when you're when you're involved in something, when you get hired to do a job as an actor. Nobody anticipates it's going to have legs like this. Nobody anticipates that uh, that that it will be a uh, uh, what's the word when something has long legs and it just keeps going and going and going. A cult, I guess, a cult following. Uh, uh, but it, this is, I think, larger than a cult. This is, uh, you know, sci-fi uh, really at its best, and people really seem to like it. And I'm very happy 
um, uh, that that the show has gone on as long as it has, and people are now uh, uh, beginning to watch it again, and and even the younger kids are are liking it and watching it, and there you go. I I hope I've answered your question. No, absolutely. It's it is it is uh, Brad Wright called it uh, an evergreen series. It continues to get reinterpreted across generations, and there is. <laughs> There's something to be said for uh, a piece of entertainment that uh, continually gets gets renewed and rediscovered, and in in some cases, based on the episode that we're talking about, uh, reinterpreted based on the audience that's watching it. Yeah, but I, I mean, um, because the younger generation, as I said, now is watching it, and uh, the people my age that used to watch it, <laughs> they still watch it, and. Uh, you know, I have I honestly I have not seen an episode of the show in a long time, but but um, which means nothing because my my taste in television uh, I watch mostly documentaries because that's what I really like, um, and 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 as a lot of people know that I'm a race car fan, so anything with a motor on it I you know I'm, I'm <laughs> completely attracted to. Jay, what made you fall in? You know, before I before I go there, um, okay. I'd like to know a little bit about who you were as a young person, and how it set your how it set it. I can't believe I said that. How it set your course uh, toward uh, your lifelong dream and profession. Uh, well, we 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 had a we had a tough break. First of all, I have a brother and a sister. I'm the baby. I'm 65 now. Some baby. The baby is bald and old. But anyway. Uh, uh, I'm 65. My sister now is 70 and I have a brother who's 73. And it, so it's Peter and Diane and then Jay. And then, uh, we had a tough break in 58 and nine, that's 1958. Uh, my father passed away Oh God! Uh, when he was 36 and I was, I was three. My sister was, I'm going to guess I, I, I have to do these numbers in my head, but I was three. My sister, I think, was seven or eight, and my brother was like eleven, you know. And so uh, we were. I don't want to give you the you know the poor mouth story. We we were never poor, but you know my mother had to work, and then we had to work as we got older. Mm -hmm. We had to work right away, and uh, you know it's a, a small town in New York State. It's in Putnam County, uh, New York, just above Westchester. It's a town called Mahopac. Hi to all my Mahopakians. Um, and, 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 well, what happened was I started to uh, get an interest in, in cars and motorcycles. I, I, I had an interest in cars and motorcycles from the time I was a youngster. And, uh, and um, I think my mother would have done anything to keep us out of trouble, uh, you know, as any parent would, to keep you out of trouble, off drugs, off the streets. And yeah. so... I wasn't a great big fan of ball sports like, you know, football, basketball, baseball. Um, so on Saturday nights, we used to go, we used to go to the stock car races and, uh, and, and, and it grew from there. The, the, the car thing grew from there. And then uh, <clears throat> I was working in a gas station and, and uh, this, this fellow, I was probably 15 or 16 at this time, a kid named John Miller, who, I went to high school with, uh, so I was out of high school by this time. I was probably, I was probably 18 and I was working in a mobile station and John had come in 
And he said, hey, what's going on? How you been? Blah, blah, blah. And we're just talking. And he used to play the guitar and sing. And, and he told me he was gigging in a couple of local clubs down in Westchester and in Putnam and up in Dutchess. And uh, he said, and I'm doing a play. I said, what do you mean? He said, you know, we're putting on a play in, in a local theater. It's uh, in, in Yorktown Heights, New York. And, I, you know, which is a town right close to Mahopak. And, you know, of course, I knew nothing about theater or acting or anything, you know. Um, and he said, you know, you should come down and try out for it. You should come down and audition. And I said, oh, yeah, no, no, that's all. But thanks. Uh, you know, maybe I'll come and see you in it. But yeah. I have no interest in that. So two days later, I'm at the gas station and the phone rings. It's him. And he said, where are you? And I said, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I'm at work. And he says, no, no, you, you need to come down and meet the director and, and read for him. They, they, uh, they were doing, uh, oh, God, I'll never remember the name of the play. I'll, I, I'll think of it in a moment. It's a Henry, it's a Henry Fonda movie in the Navy. Uh, okay. but, but anyway, <clears throat> I went down there and I read for the director and I got the part. So what the part guaranteed was I was the shore patrolman who comes and gets the goat back, the captain's goat from the drunk sailors. And we used it live goat on stage every night. And, and of course, you know, the goat would do strange things all the time. And it was a guaranteed laughter every night. And I just, I said, this is it. This is, this is really cool. You know, people laugh with you, maybe at you. I don't know. Uh, it was Mr. Roberts was the name of the book. Okay. Mr. Roberts. <clears throat> And so uh, my mother came to see the play. And in the playbook, uh, the guys were asking me, what do you want to put in there? What do you want to put in? Oh, I said, oh, just put down. My name is uh, Jay Iacoboni, which is my actual last name. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and I just said, put, put down that I work in the local mobile station and uh, whatever. And they said, no, oh, no, no, no. It's got to pertain to theater. It has to, you know. I said, I don't know. Uh, put down that uh, I intend to attend some school. And they said, the American Academy of Dramatic Arts sounds bitching on paper. And I said, great. Put down that I intend to attend the American Academy of Dramatic Arts in the fall. So they did. And my mom read this when she came to see the play. And she said, what's this? And I said, oh, no, no, it's, that's baloney. That's, you know, they just put it in there. She said, well, if you want to go, I'll pay for it. And I said, oh. <laughs> I left skid marks out of town. And that was it. I, I, uh, so I got down to the city. You know, I, I had to try out for the audition for the school. And, um, and then I got into, got into the American Academy. And then I went from, <laughs> to, the, to the Strasbourg Institute. And then, um, you know, along the way, I had a few little jobs, little you know, I did, I did a few extra jobs first and then I did like what we call under fives, like under five lines in soap operas. So I think it was one life to live and then definitely uh, all my children. And then I had my real big break, which got me into, into uh, Screen Actors Guild. And that was uh, uh, Cruising, the movie Cruising with Al Pacino. Yeah, and there's a story that goes along with that too. So, well, go ahead and tell it, my friend. I want to hear it. Well, it, when you, you know, line it up like that, I'm sorry. Well, just uh, yeah, I, I teed it up for you, didn't I? Uh, uh, 
I, I, one of my big inspirations uh, to be an actor is Al Pacino. I, I was sitting in the movie theater uh, in, I think, 1972 or three, probably three. And I was watching this movie with this fella where it was about a bank robbery that takes place. And I was sitting with my friend, Rick Leonard, and, uh, and I, we get about halfway through the movie and I said, you know what, I think I could do this. And he says, what do you mean, Rob Banks? I said, no, you idiot. I, I, I think I could do what this fella is doing on screen. And so uh, he said, yeah, sure. So the, the credits were rolling at the end of the film and I just sat there and he, he says, what are you doing? I said, I'm, I'm gonna watch it again because this is great. And watching this guy is unbelievable to me. So Al Pacino was a big, uh, uh, you know, Definitely a big influence uh, on my, not necessarily on my life, but certainly on my acting life. Uh, I just, I've seen everything he's ever done and I followed him and I, I really. So this profession was already rattling around inside your head long before you got hired at the gas station. A kind of, oh yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did your friend who invited you to the audition know this story? I think so. (laughs) Okay. I think so. John Miller. His name is John Miller. He's a lovely guy. Lovely guy. I haven't seen him in many, many years, but yeah. Well, you know, it's the people who come into our lives, uh, we we can never truly know the ripples that they cause on us and on the people around us. And maybe, you know, you certainly were in the right place at the right time for that first audition. It's, well... They say that timing is uh, everything. a lot, a lot of, yeah, timing's everything. Absolutely. It really is. Right Jay, time, right place. Jay, who are your, um, your professional heroes, but also who are your personal heroes? Who are the, who are the people who helped to shape you and, 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 and to the person you've become? Oh, my, my mother, definitely. And my brother and sister, my brother and uh, sister and I are very close. And uh, of course my mom was my hero. Uh, she died a few years back. Uh, she lived to be 90, uh, 94. She was just shy of her 95th birthday when she passed away. And so she was a huge hero of mine. And I had a, I had an uncle on her side of the family, uh, Uncle Leo, uh, Leo Hayes. And uh, <clears throat> I used to call him for advice and talk to him an awful lot uh, for just advice in life, not necessarily on acting or anything like that. Just, you know, he was like a, he was like a father figure for me. Absolutely. And I had uh, several uncles that uh, I, I uh, would call on the phone and talk to and, you know, so my, my personal hero, I guess my biggest hero, uh, my mom, as far as my life goes and uh, how it affected me and how, I still hear her voice in my ears sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to agree. Um, and so oh. when you, <laughs> no, seriously. Um, no, I, no, I, ju- I just got a little, uh, it's, uh, you don't think of those things too much. And then all of a sudden, when you start talking about them, it, uh, it puts a frog in your throat. <laughs> no, absolutely. It was, how was it uh, working with Pacino, you know, after idolizing him, from his, his well, earlier works. It was just, it was just, well, uh, you know, I had seen, as you know, uh, as I just told you, I had seen him in 73 in Dog Day Afternoon in the movie theater. And in 79, I was working with him. 
so you know uh america's a great country <laughs> what are you gonna say <laughs> um yeah i got i got a, a great break with that and that was the director william friedkin uh uh the producer jerry weintraub um and uh al of course and then the casting director uh lou digiamo and so uh these are people that were uh, very kind to me very kind to me indeed because I had absolutely no experience. I was an extra. I did a couple of under five fives on soap operas. And here I am working with an international film star because, you know, he had already done Dog Day Afternoon. Serpa, uh, I don't know whether he did Serpico. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dog Day I Afternoon. He had done Serpico, Serpico at that point. Yeah. Godfathers, both of them. Uh, you know, so here I was working with this fella. So it was <clears throat> pretty big for me. Pretty big. And it got me into SAG, uh, which is now after SAG or SAG after. So it, that, that was a big deal. Did you see Stargate in the theater? The, the movie? The feature film? Yes. In fact, there's a story that goes with that too. When I was working, when I was working with Al Pacino in 79, do you know who his personal driver was? I don't. I was going to. Dean Devlin. Dean Devlin was Dean his driver. Devlin. Dean Devlin was Al Pacino's driver on that movie. And so I've known Dean for, oh, I've got it, 35, 40 years, whatever it is. Yeah. Because you were in Independence Day. Yeah. That's correct. Did you see that? (laughs) That's one of my 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 favorite characters. (laughs) (laughs) I can't let you pass without clearance. You want to see my clearance? (laughs) I'll give you clearance. So you went and saw the movie knowing that this was his project. Do that again. Say you, that. You, did you go and see Stargate knowing that that it was his film? Um, well, I I knew Dean. I'm I'm thinking. No, I think I went just as a fan, and okay. I went to the theater and saw it. I don't think I went to any screening or anything like that. Okay. What was I your? Thought was, I thought it was very good. It was Kurt Russell and James Spader, and yeah, I remember it. And and yeah, it was great. It, did, was, you know, it was a good movie. Did you think at all that it that it could spawn a uh, franchise of three television series and 400 movie uh, 400 episodes never. did it give you any never. sense that it had legs the storytelling never, device uh, not 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 those kind of legs no right. i i had a feeling it was good enough to make you know part two uh but but i never anticipated that they'd ever make a hit television series of it no wow. and so tell us the story of how you got involved in sg1 uh I, I, my my uh, my my then manager was called by Mary Jo Slater. That would be mm-hmm. the mother of Christian Slater, mm-hmm. right? And she was the casting director on the job on on Stargate. And <clears throat> she said, "You know, we'd like Jay to come down and read for this thing." And I, you know, they sent me up the, the sides pages, and I looked at it and I said, "Yeah, I'll go in for this. This this looks fun." Uh, looks, you know, the beauty of, of, of uh, sci-fi is that uh, when you read it, when you read it, sometimes it can be, sometimes it could be like, oh my God, this is, this is far-fetched. Yeah. You know, it's far-fetched. But if you commit to it, if you make it part of your world, if you really commit to it, it make it real for everyone. And that, that's the hard part of sci-fi. Right. That's the really hard part of sci fi. And I've grown to enjoy that, that 
that part of it uh, where, where you read it and you go, how the hell is this going to work? And then, but, but if you, but if you bring it in internally and then, you know, uh, make yourself part of that world, it, it, it just works. And if the writing is good, of course, the writing has to be good. And in my case with Jonathan and Brad and the, they, they did a great job. They did a great job. This was a character, um, that John, I believe it was John Deal played in the, uh, the the feature film did you go back and have a look at the feature film again before um... I, I did not i did i didn't do that no but okay. uh, is that probably wouldn't have been a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, well I, i'm curious about that you know i i intend to ask uh, people like tori higginson when she was replacing um uh, jessica steen for a role you know is that is that a personal acting choice to not examine someone else's work so that you have your own fresh I, I interpretation don't, i don't like to I don't like to, but I think, uh, you know, to each his own, um, especially I think in a case where you're replacing someone, I, I don't, I don't think it's good to, what you want is all the background and the history that, that has already occurred so that you have all that background and history and you can create a back life, uh, of things that have happened. But I, I don't think it's for me, it's not, it's not good to watch another actor and then try to copy it. It's it just doesn't work for me. So you did not audition for Children of the Gods. They offered it to you. Was Children of the Gods the pilot? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I auditioned for that. Oh, you did. Okay. Oh, yeah. No, okay. no. I had to go. I had to go in and win that role. Yeah. Okay. No, I auditioned for that. I got that. And once I got the pilot, then we did the pilot. And then the first episode after the pilot is called. That's called The Enemy Within. The enemy within. <laughs> now you're testing I me. I didn't have to audition for that. Well, no, audition. right. We just rolled right into that. So that was that was kind of nice. Did you know when you auditioned for the pilot that they were going to knock you off in episode two? I knew I wasn't going to be part of the fire team. That that I knew. And they 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 were very honest with me up front. You know, that, uh, yeah, the, the scripts were already written. And it was written that, that you know, uh, Charlie Kowalski expires in the second episode or in the, you know, the episode after the uh, uh, pilot. So, um, and, and it was explained to me that, you know, we can't go back now because, and rewrite because, because uh, uh, it would mean getting network approval for all these other scripts. And they said, we're, we're just simply not going to do that. So were they considering a rewrite to, to make you a part of the fire? Oh, team? I don't think so. Oh, no, okay. I don't think so. No. Okay. I just, you know, it would have it would have been nice, but you know, no. Uh, Enemy Within is such a wonderful. Uh, uh, it really is, in many respects, a part two to Children of the Gods, um, because we find out just how powerful these forces are, how powerful the the species is that takes over people, and we lose a cherished character real quickly. So it sets the stage for. Um, some real trouble and that is largely attributed to your performance during that episode it's really solid performance thank you i i appreciate that thank you very much i it, it's it's one of the better episodes of television that has ever been written for me and and i appreciate you saying that thanks was it um a struggle to be strapped to that table <laughs> for hours and hours a day. Well, I was strapped to it. I can tell you that they strapped <laughs> me down pretty good. Um, as I remember, please, please help me remember because yeah. you know, it's been a lot of years, 
who directed that was that was that Mario as a party or was who that directed the enemy within no it was the French guy it was he, he was a French fella uh Let's see. very nice guy Dennis uh, Berry Denny Berry Dennis Berry yeah Denny Berry yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did no he did a great job he did a great job with that and uh and I, I, I don't know whether they ever had him back. Did they ever have, have him back again? Did he direct more episodes? Really easy I have to, no idea. Really easy to check. Yeah, uh, yeah they, he came back. He was he was right there for First Commandment in, in the first season of the show as well. He did he did too. So Good. what was it like acting with the great Donis Davis? Missed on. Missed on. He, he, was, um, he was a prankster, a joker, and... When, when the director said action, he was all business and he never missed a beat. I got to tell you, the guy was a solid, solid as a rock actor, just terrific. But, you know, off camera, when the cameras are at rest and, and everybody we're in between scenes, I'd say that he and Chris judge were some of the funniest people I've ever worked with in my life. (laughs) (laughs) They, they are definitely pranksters and fun and fun to be with. Yeah. You, um, I, I, I was on the phone with you about f- two or three years ago. This is after we had shot for, for dialing home and I was contacting you about, Oh, I think for like approvals for, for a clip or something. Okay. And you asked me, are you still, um, are you still in touch with Chris? And I said, yes. And you said, please tell him I love him. And I, you know, that really, that really struck a chord with me, how close all of you were and how, yeah. you know, that's just not the case for every film and 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 TV set. Uh, you're absolutely right. It's not it's not the case for most things. Uh, look, I had a great time, you know, between Richard and Michael and Amanda and and just everybody. Christopher, they were all just lovely people, and we, um, you know, we suffered the what is it called the GVRD together, which is um, Greater Vancouver it's, it's, Regional District Recreational District. Yeah. That huge the recreational area. district with pouring rain, freezing cold days, and we were all, um, I don't want to say miserable, but I, I do. I, I will say miserable. They were, they were miserable <laughs> times. Oh, my because, God. You know, you're, you're soaked through. Your, your clothes are just soaked through, and you're cold. And somehow, some way, we, we, uh, we managed to laugh about it and just uh, carry on. And uh, they're, they're great people. And uh, I still speak to every, well, I don't speak to Richard that much. I see Richard once in a great while at, uh, uh, at a con or something. But um, uh, Christopher, I still speak to on the phone and sometimes Michael. Uh, Amanda, I haven't, uh, Amanda, I see it, things at different events and things like that. And I see she's doing extremely well. And Better than ever. All of her, uh, her, her, her good stuff that's happening to her. She's a lovely woman. It's she is doing exactly what she always wanted to do. She always wanted to be a director, and now, as far as I am aware, she is she is the one of the most sought after uh, directors in in Canada. So isn't that nice? And isn't it, that it nice? It couldn't happen to a better person, You're you right. know, to a nicer person. Yeah. And yeah, she's she's given off good vibes. Everyone that I hear that's talked with her has said they have nothing to complain about with her work. She is, she is fantastic. She, she's pretty doggone easy to work with. I got to tell you, she's just, <laughs> she's, she's up for, for, she's up for everything all the time. You know, she's just fun. She absolutely. <laughs> you were brought back for several uh, guest performances over the, over the course of uh, the years. Was it always a surprise to be called back? 
It was always pleasant. And whenever they called, I just said, make it. I'd say to my, my agents, managers, if I was busy, I said, make it happen. I want to go. Let's go. Make it happen. Because you knew you were going to have a good time. You know, first of all, you're going to be in, Canada, in, in Vancouver, which is a great city to be in. Regardless of the rain. Regardless of the rain. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then you're going to be working with wonderful people. So, you know, what's, there, there's no gripe. There's no problems. It's let's go. And you're going to make money. You're going to make money acting. What's better than that? Well, exactly right. And if you're if you enjoy the people um, that you get to work with, you know, why would you pass up a single opportunity uh, for that? Because it it may never come again. You know, life That's is right. fleeting that way. So. Doggone right, pal. Doggone right. I have uh, a few fans uh, waiting in uh, on YouTube uh, chat with okay. questions for you. Okay. And I'm going to uh, share them. So uh, R. Radev says, uh, would uh, Jay mind telling us a moment he had on set when they have, when they laughed really hard at a funny joke? If, if anything, now everyone, please understand this has been, been years and years, you know, there's, it's been 35 years, yeah. but okay. So uh, if anything whatever, pops in, has it been 35 or 30? I, I'm not even sure. Uh, it hasn't been 30 years. It's It was 97, so it was 23, but still. 23 years 35. ago. Okay. Where did I pull that? So, making, okay, uh, funny story. Okay, making making the pilot. Uh, making the pilot. We were out in the GBRD, and they're setting these charges in the ground, and they're oh, setting no. Now, when they set these charges... Uh, they're they're in a they're in a cylindrical tube, right? And they put the explosive in, and then on top of the explosive, I don't know what they use. They use schmutz, or they use uh, uh, what's it, peat moss, or something that's a, a very light. Uh, so if anybody gets hit with it, it's not going to really hurt them. Well, I had to come over this hill and shoot this gun. And, and they wanted me to be right in front of this cannon when it goes off. And so they yell action. I come up and I, I'm shooting like this and, I, and <laughs> I'm right over it. I'm right over this cannon. The cannon goes off and it's, it's just like dirt in my face and, and everything went black. And I thought, I'm blind. <laughs> And, and, and of course I fell down and I said, Oh my, Oh my God, I'm blind. I'm blind. And, and it wasn't funny, but it's funny now. It wasn't funny then. And of course, everybody made fun of me for the duration of the shoot. I'm blind. I'm blind. You know, my God. Um, Anyway, it's, it's just silly things like that, that happen. And, you know, looking in retrospect, it's funny uh, uh, now. Uh, But, but there were, there were, there's a lot of stuff that went on and there's a lot of stuff, you know, some of the greatest stuff happens when the camera's off. It's just, it's it's true. true. Yeah. The, uh, the big part of, of Stargate is the explosions, you know? And I've always wondered, you know, what, what process goes into that when the death gliders are firing, you know, they, they put bags of, of gas into, of uh, gasoline into uh, the ground and they just, they just charge them. 
at, yeah. at sequence as if there's a plane, a, a glider flying over. But, you know, when you've got a uh, ground ordinance going off, it, it has they have to make it look like, you know, it's been buried in the earth. So they got have to have all kinds of debris to throw up at you. So. Yeah, and uh, let me just say the the um, the uh, what do they call them? Explosive experts on the set, uh, the guys doing all the pyros. They they were terrific. It's just I happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. <laughs> God, you know? so and you didn't I know you were right in front of it? Oh no, I think I think that that's the important part of the story that I left out. I did not hit my mark properly. Okay, I. I, I overstepped my mark and, you know, the cannon was basically in my mouth and, and they, you know, and whatever it went off and yeah. that's the way it goes. But it was, it was all good. It was fine. And a funny story comes out of it. So <laughs> oh God. It's worth it. Had to make it work, man. Uh, burned Bacchus. Uh, how were you and uh, Christopher cast in a uh, mentalist? How did that come about? Or was that just a, uh, happenstance? That was exactly right. That was I didn't know I didn't know I was going to be working with Christopher until the night before I got the call sheet and it said Christopher Judge. And I was like, Woohoo! Look at this, man. How do you like this? And so uh, uh, I, I didn't call him. I waited until the next day, you know, and I because I saw we were both in the yeah. same time. And so, yeah, so it worked out nice. And we had a scene together. Right. Uh, he and I and Simon. Uh, we all had a, yeah. A, a, yeah, so it was good. And it was great, great you, to see him, and as always, we had a great time. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You and Christopher said the the last time we met that um, uh, uh, the 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 lead actor was probably not too <laughs> thrilled with how the whole situation managed to happen. But you know, when you get two friends together who haven't seen each other in a while, I mean, they probably well, didn't know that. What's his Simon? Tell me his name. Uh, yeah, yeah, lovely actor. I, I uh, yeah, I forget his name. He's, what is he? Australian or English? Simon uh, Baker. Yeah, he's Australian. Yeah, and you know he he did say uh, you you guys know each other. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, no, we just automatically get along like a house on fire. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> like a house on fire immediately. Uh, no, he, he it was great, and it was it was great to see him. And it was great to do the show. Teresa McAllister. Jay, would you go through the Stargate if you had the chance? I've been asked that question before, and you know what? Uh, 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 If I knew it was safe on the other side. (laughs) (laughs) The world has been explored over there. Yeah, yeah. Like, let's make sure there's no, you know. Um, I think I would. I think I would. Yeah. Where look, we got we got people right now wanting to go to Mars and you know go and investigate this the fellow who owns uh, uh, Tesla. What's his name? Elon Musk. Uh, yeah, he wants to go, man. Let's go. He wants go. to die on Mars. Absolutely, I know. And it's I think it's kind of cool. It's like you know he has large, much larger aspirations than I have. You know, I I'm looking for the bathroom, but I, <laughs> um. But I think it's really cool that people want to go and investigate these things and find new ways of life and new worlds and all of that. I think it's uh, brings sci-fi a little closer. Do you think that uh, intelligent uh, life exists out there? I think it would be, I think it would be naive to think that we're alone. I, I, I do. And I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't think about it every day. I don't talk about it every day, but I think it would definitely be naive to think that we're alone. I mean, Think about the scope of 
everything. And yeah. Jodie Foster's character in Contact says, you know, if it is just us, it's a pretty big waste of space. Gee, you think? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And, you know, uh, I, yes, I believe that there is other forms of life. Absolutely. Jeremy wants to know, as someone who loves motors and cars, I'm curious about your feelings on the instant torque and speeds uh, of electric cars like the Tesla. Okay, my buddy, my buddy just bought a Tesla, or just uh, actually leased a Tesla. Okay, and I went and I went for a ride in it, Jeremy. And I must tell you that um, the, the it's a torque monster. Uh, we were we were coming up. I was upstate upstate California. We were in Lafayette, California. And we were coming out onto, I think, the 24. And he said, watch this. Now, I'd never been in one of these cars before. I'd never been in an electric car before. I've been in a hybrid, but not a full electric car. And he nailed the throttle. Holy cow. I mean, the torque in this thing. And we were going 90 like that. We were were probably going 27, 30 miles an hour on the ramp uh, to get on the freeway. He nailed the throttle, and we were up to 90 in a lot less than a quarter mile, I can tell you that. So, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty impressive what they've done or what they're doing with, with the torque on these electric cars. It's the, crazy. The um, the advancement with this technology is just extraordinary. You know, and some people are saying, well, the battery, it's it's not developing fast enough. But I think we are we are getting there. Um, I, it's the, infa- the infrastructure, too. The, right. You know, having the superchargers uh, all where you need them. Right, exactly. Really cool. I watched a really cool documentary. I don't know whether y'all, how many of y'all are, are into uh, uh, watching documentaries about motors and things, but I just watched uh, uh, The Long Way Up, uh, which is uh, um, Ewan, McGreg- Ewan McGregor and um, Charlie Borman. Oh, that's they his take, motorcycle. Yeah. They take electric motorcycles made by Harley Davidson. They're, they're one-offs, and they're, they were prototypes at the time. They went from the tip of South America and came into Los Angeles and they went through all those countries and it was all about the trials and tribulations of charging the bikes and where are they going to do it and you know how they're going to do it and everything else and they had a couple of chase trucks which were also electric made by a company out in Minnesota it, it, it's a really cool thing and there's like 11 episodes so I pushed that on you go and see it well I, I, it. I yeah, I'm my dad's a huge engine fan so we will definitely be watching this this fall when he comes out (laughs) so thank you the long way up so anyone who's out there who who uh digs uh vehicle mechanics that well that technology is up and coming so you know i think it's it's worth watching one way or the other there's no doubt about it it's the future it it is the future i you know i don't know whether gasoline is going to be gone certainly not in my lifetime but but it's you know it's going to go away it's going to go away yeah it's just a matter of time Mark 8600, uh, did you watch any of Stargate outside of um, the episodes that, that you were in? Did you, did you ever follow it? I don't think so. No, I'm just being honest. I don't, I don't think I did. No. Okay. So, hey, it's a job, you know? Sorry you love the people you that. work with. But there, I am always uh, – I don't know I, – I used to be surprised. I'm not surprised anymore at the number of actors who don't really watch that much uh, consumer television. Television. You know, it's yeah. it's it's their day job. You know, why necessarily would they want to come home and and do that for for dinner? So, 
Well, I'm, I'm married. I'm married to a TV baby. Uh, I'm, my wife watches television like remote in hand, like this. <laughs> and you and you you try to you try to get her attention, and it's like, baby, baby. baby. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> I'm here. Uh, yeah. What's she it, like to watch? Well, I watch it with her because she. Well, it's you know uh, the Crown. We watched yeah. the crowd. We were addicted to a couple of shows uh, that I really liked. There was a show called Banshee uh, years back. Uh, loved that. Um, uh, Hell on Wheels, another good show. Yep. Um, let me see what else. Is Hell on Wheels, the, the train show. Recently, the Crown. I love the. Yeah. What's the one with the 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 couple, the very pretty couple? Uh, is it Outlander? Is it? Is it Claire and J uh, Jamie? Is that Claire the time travel one? That that's yes, yeah, 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 yeah that's yeah, Outlander. Yeah. That one, that's Good correct. One. Yeah, like that a lot. Good yeah. one. My parents are big into no. Deadliest Catch. They love all the the live. Um, oh, they. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, catching fish and all that. And it, the it, big well, uh, King Crab in in uh, Alaska. So in dangerous profession. Waters. Yeah. So, uh, Barry, Barry, uh, Jay, do you have an all time uh, favorite film? I would have to say uh, Godfather one and two, and and really it's a toss up on uh, which one I like more because I like uh, first of all all the acting is wonderful in it the scripts are wonderful uh, the directing and the uh, uh, production values uh, you know the the whole brown sepia tone things I mean they they just take you there they bring you into uh, that world and I I love those two films. Three, not so much, but but one and two, absolutely. Everyone says that. Why? Why? I've seen the first one, and everyone's yeah. like, "You need to see the second one." I'm like, I, uh, I've done no, the all second one. Is, the second one, it, it, to a lot of people, the second one is better than the first. It, uh, the only thing it really lacks is not having Marlon Brando. Got uh, it. But, yeah. What happened to the the third to have it fall off so much? Well, you don't have Robert Duvall for one thing. Uh -huh. Robert Duvall is not in the movie, and that I think that was a you know, I, listen, I'm not a critic. I, I, it's just that to me, it's one and two. That's all. Okay. It's, it's one and two. And, yeah. uh, Ian wants to know, um, yes. what is uh, one of your most favorite roles or the favorite role that you have done on theater or on television film that sticks out with you over the years? I really enjoyed playing uh, Joe Maxwell on Beauty and the Beast. I, I really enjoyed that. But working with Linda Hamilton, um, all these fine directors that I worked with over there, uh, Ron Coslow's writing and uh, uh, George R. R. Martin's writing. Mm -hmm. um, That's yeah, right. Yeah, we, we had a we had a lot of nice writers on that show. We had. Uh, uh, I'll think of their names in a moment. <laughs> no, we, that we, that one wrapped yeah. too soon. You know, I don't think yeah, Linda was, was in the second season. It was uh, Linda. It was in the first and second season, and then the third season. Oh, got it. Was uh, Joe Anderson? Got Joe it. Anderson. That's right. Yeah. You know that that show could have really had legs. You know, and it was one of those earlier kind of like supernatural uh, ish yeah. series that uh... fantasy mm -hmm. uh, something. Yeah, yeah, really good though. I, I really enjoyed uh, playing that, and uh, you know there are there are small roles that I've played over the years that I've really enjoyed. Uh, I thought. Uh, David Milch uh, wrote some great episodes for me on NYPD Blue that I was uh, very happy with. So, 
Akos Thomas Navaki. Um, and, and we're going to be we're going to be patient with you here. Um, no, what were the instructions, if you, any that you remember, to play the emotional range of the Goa'uld possessed host? Uh, like particularly while you were strapped to that table, uh, and then well, after just going through ra- there, rampage there was, through the SGC, there was one. There was one part where I'm, uh, I remember being, and I don't know whether this is in the first or the second. I think it's in the second, meaning the show after the pilot. Yeah. Okay. And where I'm kind of walking up the ramp to the Stargate, and I'm standing with my hands out as if being pulled in. And, and uh, the director said, what's, what's that? What are you doing? I said, well, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be pulling me? Uh, you know, wouldn't there? He goes, yeah, I like it. I like it. Leave <laughs> it. Leave it. So uh, it, it, was there any specific direction? No, I don't think so. You know, I think a director's job is to, is to guide you. I don't think a director's job is to necessarily give you, uh, you know, give you direction on every single move you make. I think it's up to the actor to create that. And if the director sees you going in the wrong direction of not his vision, then I think it's his job to put you back on track. Okay. I, I think that's what a, that's what a good director does. Uh, a brick, a brick attack fan wanted to know, um, uh, what what your favorite uh, episode was that you got to that you got to appear in? With- oh, the, the second one after yeah. the pilot. Yeah, uh, the writing was sensational, and and uh, and I just I really had a good time with it. And um, I mean, you wouldn't know it by watching it, but I I did actually have a very good time. It was all the pain <laughs> and suffering was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially I mean, if you're surrounded by people who you trust at that point, you know, you've already right. you've already been. The, thrown through the the trenches, as it were, out in the GVRD and get all that that other stuff done. So yeah, and I got to sh- I got to shoot that saw gun, which was incredible. I love that. <sighs> oh my gosh! That's, and they said, I, I remember I remember Michael Greenberg saying, "You're going to shoot that." And I said, "Really, really?" <laughs> so it was. Uh, yeah, it was that was nice. Was that all in one in one trip in Vancouver, or did you did you head back down to? Oh goodness, no! That was you know up and back and up. And wow. Down. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I was I was an international flyer there for a while. <laughs> Accumulate those points. You got it. <laughs> you got it. Marsha Middleton. Hello, Marsha. Hi, Marsha. Uh, as a fellow New Yorker, I adore your accent. Have you had to alter your accent for other roles or just for fun? I have an accent? <laughs> um, yes. Uh, let me see. There's, there are times that I have to clean it up. There are times definitely that I have to clean it up and people bless you. There are times uh, when a, a director or producer, I'd be in a room uh, uh, auditioning and they'd say, um, can you, can you, take it out of New York. And I said, <laughs> yeah, sure. Cause you know, we're, we're, we're doing Richard the third, not Richard or third Avenue. So, so <laughs> if we can, if we can just take it out of New York, that would be great anyway. Oh, um, that's funny. Jay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I clean it, I clean it up when I have to, but I don't like to because it's, it's me and it's what I do. And you know, that's, that's exactly right. There's a certain, you know, I, I had, uh, I had some friends over yesterday who were, uh, 
the soon they brought in some friends and uh as soon as uh, they walked in it was like the the new york accent it's very very clear like Wait, you're going prominent. to get you're going to get people who speak their mind good straight to the point you know no bs yep. and there's something refreshing about new yorkers man i've always loved that so. we don't we don't dislike anyone but but don't don't play games with us let's just go let's <laughs> get right. to the point <laughs> uh does but it I- I don't know. I don't know how much of a New Yorker I am now because I've lived out here for, oh my God, I've been out here for thirty-seven years or something. Do you, how here. often do you? Well, before before COVID, how often did you go home? Well, I have a you know my brother and sister still live back. They there. are. My sister still lives in our hometown. She she owns the house that I was raised that we were raised in, and then my brother uh, she's in Mahopac, and then my brother is in. Uh, a town called Pleasant Valley, just outside of Poughkeepsie, a little bit north of my sister. So, and the question was, uh, how often do I get back? Even before COVID, um, once a year, once a year, Sa- safe to say once a year. Uh, That's enough. <laughs> <laughs> does it, uh, Burned Bacchus, uh, does it ever feel strange to play different characters on the same series, like Matlock or... or- murder she wrote or is are you just coming in and doing a job well you have to understand you're a guest when you when you get hired to do an episode one i'm thinking one episode and i've been hired to play many but when you when you're coming you're a guest you're a guest you know that in eight more days you don't have a job anymore it's you know it's um so you come in uh you be professional you show up on time sober you know your lines and and uh, you never never hold up production, and uh, again, if the director sees you swerving, you know, taking a hard left or a hard right, he's going to say, no, no, let's let's bring it over here because <laughs> this is where we're headed, this is the objective, and let's let's go with that. And you go, okay, great. I was just trying something. Well, okay, great. I'm glad you tried it. Didn't work. Let's go this way. <laughs> <laughs> How receptive. Uh, on average, are directors to that kind of input in in testing something, trying something out from an well, actor? No. Okay, good question. And, and here's something else we have to remember. Directors are guests as well. On episodic television, directors are guests as well. Now, many shows use the same directors over and over and over. So while I'm shooting, you're prepping. While you're shooting, she's prepping. And, and so they rotate in and out. And if they have four or five directors that they constantly use, those people know the Bible, uh, the Bible to the show. They know the Bible, do's and the don'ts, and, and all the uh, characters, backgrounds, and histories. So, and, and to me, that's the smart way to go. To bring in a person after a show has been on the air for four years and to bring in somebody who really doesn't know the show just to direct an episode, uh, you have to be careful because the backgrounds of those characters and the backgrounds of the show and the Bible of the show is not necessarily known by that person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's interesting. You have to every, everyone has to be to be conscious of of their space and the space of those around them. Absolutely. Really. So Absolutely. And there, there has to be, I imagine, a certain a certain comfort level before you're willing to go and, and try something out on the fly to make the, the director go. 
why'd you why'd you do that well i you know in the moment it felt like it was a it was appropriate based on what my character was dealing with so as i said to the principal principal of my high school when i got caught riding a motorcycle in the hallway it felt like the right thing to do at the time (laughs) did you really do that jay oh yeah I, I was, uh, please I tell, was, as a motorcycle rider, please tell this story. I, <laughs> it was on a dare. It was just on a dare. Oh my I, God. It was on a dare and, uh, you know, and I got caught and I got suspended. And yeah, no, it was, uh, it was horrible. <laughs> oh and, 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 and let's just say that, uh, my, my mother was not impressed and she, nor was she, uh, happy about the whole thing. Was this during school hours? Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> I got in a little trouble once in a while. Oh, my God. There's no way you could have gotten it's, out of that without consequences, it's, man. It's more, you know what, it, it's more mischief. It was mischief than it was. I mean, I never hurt anybody, thank goodness. And, right. And, and, but but it, was, uh, it was fun growing up in our little town. It was fun. We had a good time. The, the way that I often look at things, it, it seems like it stems from something like, like that situation is, you know what, one way or another, you're giving yourself a story to tell for the rest of your life. <laughs> You damn skippy, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Ziggy asks a follow-up question in regards to hey, intelligent Ziggy. life. Um, do you do you believe that we've been visited by by intelligent life? Wow. Wow, Ziggy. You got me thinking now. Um, <laughs> okay, well, uh, look, uh, there are people that, you know, believe that we've been visited. Uh, I'm not going to count it out. I'm not going to discount it. I, I, uh, there, I know there are people in Washington, D.C. that probably know a lot more than we know people in Area 51. And they do, they do their damnedest to keep it away from yeah. us and hide it and hide it from people. So you have to say to yourself, what the hell are they hiding? If there's nothing to hide, what are they hiding? Why are they so secretive? Why are they being so... Uh, uh, not forthcoming with this information. You know, there used to be a thing called Freedom Ridge, I think, where you could look down onto Area 51. Well, you can't go up there anymore. Mm. There's no more that property is available for anybody to go on. And if you get caught up there, there are consequences. Yeah, and, the fines uh, are expensive at the least. Yeah. and So and, what's uh, happening? Yeah. And so so I, I, I just like to say, uh yes. I, I do believe that maybe we have been visited once or twice, maybe more. Maybe we're, maybe they walk among us. Who the hell knows? Ziggy? I don't know. I've met some strange people in my life. I don't know about you. And, and you say to yourself, hmm. Have you seen They Live? I mean, it's pretty like, I mean, come on. I wonder, I wonder where that young man came from. <laughs> Uh, Gate Gabber says, "Jay, you mentioned um, Richard the Third. Have you done? Uh, sh- have you done any Shakespeare? And no. if yes, no, you have not. No, nobody's ever going to pay to watch me do Shakespeare. I promise you. And, uh, <laughs> it and, may uh, be interesting with your accent. Yeah, I'm. I'm sure it would be. And uh, yes, I, I don't mind laughing with people. I just don't want to be laughed at. So it's, <laughs> you know, I know my limitations. I know my limitations. And uh, where we go." Uh. Joe Stallworth, did you learn anything from playing Kowalski? Wow. I know, that's deep. Grinding halt there. 
I know. Yeah. No. Well, no, it's not a grinding hole. It's just, you know, it, what do you mean by that? I mean, Ted, I, I, I learned, uh, I mean, not that I had never shot a gun before. I had shot a gun, but I never shot a gun like that before. You know, fully automatic, what they call a saw gun. It's pretty cool. And, uh, you know. Gotta be careful. (laughs) It it makes you feel bigger than you are and uh, makes you feel like you're in a battle. And it's it's a lot of fun to shoot. Uh, So I learned how to shoot that. But did I learn anything? I I think I see what he means. Um, No, I don't. No, I don't think so. Um, Even when you're firing blanks, you know, it's still a dangerous process to be out there. And I imagine at a certain point, you know, if you allow yourself to get sucked into it, you can really feel like you're at war. You know, the intensity of the situation is apparent on some level, especially with the power of what it is that you're holding in front of you. You have all these things around you to bring the reality to you as an actor. They have cannons going off that that, uh, create big explosions all around you. You have this big automatic weapon that's kicking brass out the side. Everybody else is shooting around you. You have these, what are they called? The bang sticks that they, that the other, uh, um, the, the electronic things that the, the other, uh, Oh, the staff weapons, the bang sticks. Thank you. The staff (laughs) weapons. Thank you. (laughs) I know there's a lot of fans laughing right now saying he doesn't even know what the hell they are. It's okay. (laughs) The bang sticks. I'm keeping that one, Jay. (laughs) Well, there you go. Keep your bang stick. (laughs) Jeez. Uh, Dr. Essex, uh, when you were growing up, um, was was theater uh, something that was respected in in your community? Yeah, I mean, we we didn't have any large theater. We didn't have like uh, an Actors' Equity Association theater. We didn't have a theater that was... uh, uh, sanctioned by Actors' Equity, but you had to go down to Westchester for that, which is the next county down. Um, but but eh, eh, was it respected? Yeah, I mean, people went to the theater. They went to uh, uh, Yorktown Theater. They went to smaller theaters uh, around. We had the Mahopac uh, uh, Playhouse or the Mahopac Farmhouse. It was a big old farm. And I think at one time it was like a Borden's Dairy, which, you know... And inside that, they had a they had a, a, a theater, and I worked there once for about four weeks. Um, but no, we, we I mean, was it taken seriously? No, I think it was more uh, something to do on a Friday or Saturday night. Mm. I don't I don't think it was anything like you know going down county or going into the city and seeing Broadway or off Broadway or anything like that. Jay uh, Brad Wright is is trying to get a fourth uh, Stargate series off the ground uh, with, with MGM. Would you be up for returning? Absolutely. Tell him to, he, you want my number? <laughs> <laughs> I can pass it along. <laughs> yes, I would, I would absolutely be up for it. Sure. Sure. My friend, it is um, a, a treat to have you on. I have really been looking forward to this, uh, to this for a while. You are one of uh, the, the earlier bright spots in this uh, in this franchise uh, as a guest star, and it was it was just 
you really, I think, set the tone in terms of of the caliber of a lot of the people who would bring in. They would bring in yeah. as as day players and as and as guest stars. And it's it's wonderful to have you uh, have you be a part of. Uh, Thank you, our David. It's always a pleasure to be with you and 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 talk to you. Thank and you 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 ask really fun questions, nice, and you have great people. So. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate your time, my friend. I will, um, I'll be in touch with you soon, and you have a great holiday, okay? All the best. Bye, everybody. Thanks, bye, man. Bye. You bye. take care. Have a Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Go shopping. Spend money. <laughs> <laughs> bye, Jay. Bye, you guys. Bye, Take bye. care. Jay Akavone, everyone, on Dial the Gate. Thanks so much for sticking with us. Uh, later today, we have... On with us, a trivia team. Darren and Ian are joining us at 1 p.m. Pacific time. If you are going to be sticking around for that live program, be sure to have a trivia question ready because Summer is going to be asking us. Summer, the moderator, is going to be in our ears, and you'll be able to hear her as well, uh, asking us some uh, trivia questions uh, as we wrap up that particular segment. Ian, Darren, and I have questions for each other, but your questions are going to help uh, uh, finish off that program and determine who's going to be the new reigning trivia champion. So I hope you stick around for that. Then at 3 p.m. Pacific time, we have Mr. David Nickel. Radek Zelenka. He'll be joining us as well. Before I let you all go, though, I do have some Kowalski art to uh, show you. This is a guest artist, Fligit Jerome. Let me see here. This is, well, you know what? I'm wrong. This is the wrong one. This is the wedding art. Here we go. The correct art. I was like, this isn't right. This is the wrong art. Guest artist, Illidy. Ility, E-leading, E-L-E-I-L-I-D-H-17. This is uh, uh, a widescreen wallpaper that was made from The Enemy Within. Particularly cool combination of uh, two or three different shots from this episode. uh, Jay's biggest show. So if you want to submit your own original artwork, do so at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. And before I let you go, I do have uh, a announcement to make. We will be revealing who won the um, the concept art behind me in the next uh, episode for the trivia episode, and just uh, starting in in about uh, fifty five minutes here. Uh, the trivia for the month of November, they'll be getting the concept art that is from uh, Tin Man here, and then from the Curse here. I'll be saying that to one lucky fan who submitted trivia for the month of November. But for the month of December, and potentially further on, we're going to see how this works. We're shaking it up a little bit. Dial the Gate has its first sponsor. Dial the Gate has partnered with 3D Tech Pro for the month of December to give you a chance to get your very own desktop Stargate and customized ancient keychain. To enter the win these items, you need to use a desktop or laptop computer and visit dialthegate.com. Scroll down to submit trivia questions. Your trivia may be used in a future episode of Dial the Gate, either for our monthly trivia night or for a special guest to ask me in a round of trivia. There are three slots for trivia, one easy, one medium, and one hard. Only one needs to be filled in. 
but you're more than likely, more than, excuse me, more than welcome to submit up to three. Please note the submission form does not currently work on mobile devices. Your trivia must be received before January 1, 2021. If you're the lucky winner, I'll be notifying you via your email right after the start of the new year to get your address and what word you want for your ancient keychain. And be sure to check out our partner's website for more Stargate-related merchandise at 3dtech.pro. That's all I have for you in this particular episode. We'll be back on in about 55 minutes with trivia. And then uh, two hours after that, we will be bringing in Mr. David Nickel to discuss uh, Radix Zelenka in Stargate Atlantis. My name is David Reed. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll see you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner, co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acri. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith Homel, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. <laughs>